0: Long Island's future is our business. The Long Island Association is the region's leading nonprofit and nonpartisan business organization since 1926 and amplifies the voice of the business community. I'm Matt Cohen, the president, CEO, and your host. Let's talk about issues that impact our economy. Hey, welcome back everybody to our podcast, Long Island's future with Matt Cohen, and there's no more important future than our children you know long island schools consistently rank at the top of national and statewide lists but at the same time we have to address the achievement gap that exists on long island between the least and most wealthy schools how can we help prepare students at young ages for careers on long island and help them get good paying jobs so they stay on long island it's very important to us that school leaders are also involved in the laa so we can have these conversations and connect them to businesses who are having challenging times filling jobs and although this podcast is called k-12 education this also includes educating our youngest Long Islanders and expanding pre-K options at a critical time in the life of a child. And it's very personal to me. You know, I have an 11-year-old son named Jack. He uh, goes to Comac Middle School. And I wanted to be able to stay here on Long Island. Uh, you know, I've had plenty of friends move to lower-cost areas like Florida, Georgia, Virginia. So today we're excited to have Roger Tillis, a member of the New York State Board of Regents representing Long Island. He served in this capacity since 2005, His other service to Long Island includes, but it's not limited to, chair and founding member of the Association for a Better Long Island, and past acting chair of the Long Island Regional Planning Board. In fact, we just had Roger here this morning. Uh, He spoke at our Health Education Nonprofit Committee meeting. He was wonderful. I know Roger pretty well. We go way back. He's an amazing person, really a special guy, and you know, Long Island is truly blessed to have someone like Roger who works his butt off as our regent. We're very, very fortunate. We're also going to have Dr. Shari Cammie on this episode. She's the superintendent of the Baldwin Union Free School District and will discuss some innovative programs to prepare students for the workforce. Welcome to the podcast, Roger.
1: Hi, thanks, Matt. I'm happy to be here.
0: I have a couple of questions for you and feel free to add anything you'd like. Can you tell our listeners more about your role as a regent and what that entails?
1: Well, the regents are a body of 17 uh, members elected by the state legislature uh in a unicameral session every year for 5-year terms uh and uh, I represent all of Nassau and Suffolk County it's the 10th judicial district and we set education policy for all the school districts in the state we also approve all college programs in the state we license 47 different professions And we set the criteria for those professions and we discipline those professions, including doctors and midwives and physician's assistants and accountants and a whole variety of things. And uh, that's something that I didn't know existed when I became a regent, uh, but it's a very big part of what we do. We also license all museums, libraries, and public television in the state. Uh, which gives us an access to the cultural institutions to uh, work with our K 12 systems. And it's a very, uh, broad and uh, exciting job that I have. Jeez, is that it? Well, <laughs> well, but the pay is really good. We don't, we don't get paid at all.
0: You know, Roger, how many school districts have you visited? Well,
1: suppose? we have 126 school districts on Long Island. And I've been to over a hundred of them. Wow! We have the one great thing about the job I have is that when a district asks me to come in to see some program or whatever else, take part in some program, I always insist upon being able to read poems to some elementary fourth, fifth grade class. Uh, and as a result, I've done that over two hundred times over the years, and that's that is the pay that I get. I love to do that. And uh, it, it has been great for me. I did that with my kids in the Great Neck schools when, I, when they were young. And when they got older, I couldn't do that anymore. So I used the regent's job to, to facilitate my going to read poems to young kids.
0: That's great. Like I said, we're very lucky to have Roger as our regent. I mean, that's amazing, Roger.
1: Where are we with universal pre-K and how does it work? Universal pre-K is a uh, misnomer. We used to have something called targeted pre K, which let districts uh, use whatever resources they had and some limited state resources to provide pre K education. Four year olds and three year olds became universal pre K about 15 years ago. And my universal is great, except that a school district then had to take all the kids, but the state didn't fund a universal program so that many districts on Long Island didn't continue the programs because it was no longer targeting the kids that needed it the most. That's gradually uh, becoming less and less of a problem, but Long Island turned away a lot of state money because you no longer could target the kids that needed it the most.
0: I'm really enjoying this discussion, Roger. Um, You know, K-12, we got to do more to connect our K-12 school systems to the business community. It's so important, so it's big part of our economy here. Roger, how can the business community get more involved in preparing our students for careers?
1: Well, the business community needs to get involved with the local school district. I find that there is a very large disconnect between the businesses and the local school district, except for very local business. But any business of any kind that is more than just a, a local mom and pop store uh, needs to get involved. There, There are Issues of what constitutes um, state support for career tech. Nassau and Suffolk have great programs of career tech where kids go to their regular high school for half a day and then they go to BOCES school to learn anything from haircutting to dog grooming to uh, whatever else, uh, culinary, uh, automotive, electronic, and they get out of that program Many of them go, uh, go on to college, but they are really prepared to go right into the workforce at that point. They continue on to college and become more prepared and earn a very decent amount of money, which is ironic because people think that going to college and going to law school uh, is going to be the way to, the way to go. A lot, of, a lot of people that I know graduated from law school don't have jobs. And the people who have graduated from BOCES can fix a car, make 100000 plus a year. So these are programs that the business community needs to get involved with and continue involved, and they can have input as to what programs the BOCES does have. The business community can dictate uh, what what programs are needed. What they want kids to know when they get out of high school is a a key ingredient for what a business community wants. We don't know. Uh, So we, we rely upon the business community to tell us what they
0: want. Well, Roger, you have a partner here at the Lia. Uh, you know we're laser focused on workforce development and creating good jobs. Roger, last question: Can you discuss the newly formed Blue Ribbon Commission on graduation measures and how that intends to further the goal of diversity, equity, and inclusion in K through twelve education?
1: Yeah, it's more than just uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. It is uh, we have discovered that uh, what the regents uh, tests have have. Taught over the us over the years as board of regents members, is that um, students only learn what's on the regents test, and they uh, teachers don't teach it because it's important for students to do well on the regents test to go on to college and career. Well, a lot of what's on the regents test is no longer uh, relevant to a college and career education. So, we, uh, we decided that we would go out and we have had major uh, input from stakeholder groups, uh, including the business community, um, as to what we want kids to know when they graduated from high school. So, the Blue Ribbon Commission is going to take a lot of that information, a lot of their own work, because it's a very diverse group, try to put together a program uh, curriculum, what we want our kids to know, and then figure out how we test that knowledge we want kids to know how to think how to problem solve have information literacy um, know what's right what's fact and what's not fact what uh, have financial literacy uh, for, uh, and to have civic education which a lot of kids no longer have it's uh, lacking in a lot of kids our lecture system, is not working as well as it should, because kids don't even know why they're doing it. These are things that will be incorporated into the new Regents uh, program.
0: Thanks so much, Roger. Enjoyed having you on the show today. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with Dr. Shari Kami, the superintendent of the Baldwin School District.
2: This podcast was produced by the EGC Group, Long Island's largest full-service marketing agency. Conveniently located in Melville, we offer strategic marketing and branding programs designed to grow your business from strategy to creative. Our results-driven services include digital marketing, traditional and online media buying, public relations, social media, content creation, and web development. Our clients include local businesses and national Fortune 100 companies, the EGC Content Studio, our in-house production facility, may be used to produce your social media videos, podcasts, and more. We're ready to be your trusted marketing partner. Visit egcgroup.com or call us to learn more and get a free digital audit. Just mention code LIFUTURE. The EGC Group, marketing and branding Long Island's best companies since 1985.
0: We are happy to have the dynamic and creative Dr. Sherry. Shari. Cammy on the podcast today. She's been the superintendent of the Baldwin School District since 2014. Uh, As some of you may know, Baldwin School District was ranked by U.S. News and World Report among the top high schools in the nation for the first time in 2020, then again in 21, and again in 22. Dr. Cammy was recognized by Education Week as a leader to learn from for her innovative work in Baldwin and for closing the achievement gap in 2020, and she's been elected the 2022-2023 president of AASA, the National School Superintendents Association. Under her leadership, the Baldwin School District focuses on developing programs that incorporate modern-day workforce skills while preparing students for 2035. Dr. Shari Kami, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us.
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for that amazing introduction.
0: I was going to say, she is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've earned it, obviously. You have quite a career. And uh, uh, everyone that I've spoken to, uh, including my vice president, Stacey Sykes, speaks very highly of you and your your career. So it's, a, it's an honor to have you on the show, on the podcast. Thank you.
3: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: So, Sherry, can you tell us more about your role as a school superintendent and how you've led Bolden to become a nationally ranked educational institution?
3: So let me start by saying that, you know, this is not, this is not about a person, right? This is not about me. This is about a whole system that includes our parents and our students, our teachers, our administrators, um, our custodial. It, this is a full out Baldwin effort. Um, but it, 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 in my opinion, the work that we're doing
1: um,
3: is of the most important work uh, that I think goes on Um, anywhere because our young people are our future citizens and there are future workers, um, there are future thought leaders. And so, um, you know, we take that role as um, educators really seriously. Um, It's not just about teaching a lesson or teaching a skill. It's, you know, how what do we want our young people to know and be able to do when they exit high school? You know, what's the next path for them?
0: Right. And how are they going to contribute to whether it's Long Island or somewhere else in a positive way, and meaningful way, and be good stewards, right? Good citizens, to use your word, of their communities.
3: Absolutely. So
0: Baldwin's the only high school to offer a four-year academic academy program, which I'm interested in learning what that is. Uh, I want you to share that with our folks. For students in grades nine through 12, can you tell us
3: how it works? Sure. So, so our program actually now starts in grade eight. <laughs> um it is an opportunity for our students to learn what it means to be in different industries and um you know i guess the best way to describe it i you know i think about my kids i think about when i was a a younger person um and i think about so what did i want to be you know when i when i was done with school um, whether that was after high school or after college. And I don't believe that we give our our students enough opportunities in enough fields to really make an educated decision. And I'm sure you know, and, and your listeners know, um, the number of students who go on to college, for example, um, and in their freshman year, their sophomore year, their junior year, and, and hopefully not, but some in their senior year realize, you know, this is not what I want to be doing. Um, so we, d- we developed, um, and we're very pointed about calling them academic academies, because they are rigorous, they include all sorts of college level courses in the academies. But it's a combination of the coursework, the experiences outside of school, which include internships and shadow days, uh, and competitions, which really force our students to to transfer the knowledge that they're getting in traditional environments into the work environment. And the academies that we have developed to this point were based on two things. They were based on student interests and they were based on the economy of Long Island and the, the this general area, um, because we are trying to encourage our young people to stay on the island or or close by to their family.
0: You know, I was just going to uh, touch on a similar point, Sherry, which is you know, it's you take a school district like Baldwin, which is you know one of the best in the country, and from K through twelve, Baldwin, the teachers, the administrators, and everyone there uh, is. Educating our children, getting them ready for the world, uh, and you know it's so expensive here, right? In such a high cost area here, and a lot of uh, fo- a lot of students after high school and college want to be in you know New York City or San Francisco or, or something like that. So it's 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 sort of tragic that we you know we we educate our students at these amazing schools. And then a lot of them don't come back, right. They go away for those that go away to college and they don't come back. And then the state of Texas or the state of Georgia or Iowa gets to reap the benefits of this talented new workforce. And, you know, I think one of the things that I'm interested in is, you know, how do you develop the relationships with the employers? Because I would think that if these students are making relationships with employers now, well, then maybe they'll be more inclined to stay because maybe they'll have relationships that, you know, that, that, um, stay together after high school and college.
3: I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, we we have actually had students who were so impressive in their shadow days and their internships uh, that companies offered them jobs upon graduation from college. Not, not just high school, but college. Um, and you know, the, d- developing those relationships has been a very long road. I cannot take responsibility for that. Um, those, uh, that, that belongs to um, folks that um, are in our high school that have developed those relationships. Um, what strikes me, though, is that there isn't a formal way of school districts, colleges, and industry to connect with one another Um, to sort of close the gap, um, you know, close the circle. Um, So instead of having a more formal way of doing that, it is all about outreach and it is continual outreach. It's exhausting. Um, It should be easier.
0: How long has this been, this academy program going on?
3: The beginning of the academy program predates me. So I would say this has been around for, mm, I want to say about 15 years Um, But we expanded it. We deepened it. We really uh, made sure that the relationships that we had with the industries that we work with were very, very solid. And right now we're on a path to expand and deepen some more of those relationships.
0: Well, I think what you and Baldwin are doing is exactly what we need to be doing and we need to replicate this model. And, you know, please know, uh, you know, uh, we're here at the Long Island Association to be a partner. And if we can connect you and your students with any businesses um, that you would like to get in touch with that maybe you don't have relationships with, we're, we're happy to try to help. Because uh, like I said, I think this is a model, this is a real paradigm that should be followed um, by, by more school districts.
3: I'm happy to bridge that relationship. Um, you know, we have been hosting visitations for years now. Um, we were on a little bit of a hi- hi- hiatus in that, you know, 2021 20, school year and the 21-22 school year. Um, But there's this growing list of school districts, not only in New York State, but around the country that want to learn more and come visit us. And and we are happy to do that. And the reason we're happy to do that is because it, it shouldn't just be the students' in Baldwin that have the opportunity for these rich experiences. This is our future, right? Developing, forging, um, nurturing those relationships are some of the most important things that we do. Um, And we're, you know, again, in the process of developing our eighth academy, which, you know, we're looking at maybe another year from now being able to launch. But again, it's based on the economic needs of our communities and where the jobs are.
0: That's so great. So true. Um, you know, I love this. That I, I, I love that you created a new word. And I, hopefully I'll pronounce it right. So tell me. <laughs> if in, innovatrium. Is right. that right? Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. What does that
0: mean? What's Innovatrium?
3: So we have two new words. One is Innovatrium and the other is Collaboratory. Um, so our as we looked at our schools, Um, You realize our schools, they were built a really long time ago. Most schools on Long Island were built a really long time ago. Um, I think our oldest building is about 110 years old right now. I will say the older I get, the younger that sounds, but that is (laughs) a building. Um, And so, you know, it was built during the industrial age. It was built when the word manufacturing had a very, very different meaning than the meaning that it has now. And so, you know, you walk into any of our buildings, it's very traditional, you know, it's room to room to room hallway, common spaces. Um, But the world of work does not look like that anymore. Um, If you were to go to Google or Mashable or the new Newsday offices, you would see very, very different spaces. And one of the things that we take very seriously is that we want our students to know and understand what it means to work in a different kind of an environment. And so we started redoing our learning spaces. We have redesigned um, the physical classroom space um, in every single building. All of them are not done yet. That is a costly um, endeavor and we're doing it a little bit at a time. But we introduced in our buildings spaces called innovatriums or at the high school now, the learning collaboratory, which are places for collaboration, um, for for young people to get together, um, to work together, um, you know, places outside the physical classroom where you can inquire, you can think, you can collaborate um, with, with video conferencing and all of the technology that you need uh, to mimic what industry looks like today.
0: Well, I hope that Innovatrium and Collaboratory catch on so much that they are Found in Webster's dictionary next year, or you know, I just read an article at Scrabble just approved a bunch of new words, and there's a little controversy about some of them. Maybe "innovatium" and "collaboratory" will be the next Scrabble words. I like it.
3: Maybe as long as it has a little copyright thing on the top and <laughs> <laughs> full <laughs> credit.
0: <laughs> full credit to you. You know, uh, Sherry, uh, this has been wonderful, uh, Doctor Shari Cami. Like I said, the superintendent of the Baldwin School District since 2014 she's won a ton of awards. The school district's won a ton of awards. She's doing very well. So I just want to thank you for everything you do. And thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing as well. It's it's important work and making sure that we get together, I think is just the next step.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love to follow up and talk more because like I said, I really think this is, this is a model that should be replicated. So another episode in the books for Long Island's Future with Matt Cohen. Uh, stay tuned for our next podcast next month. Thank you.